You're listening to NL Newsday with Jeff Andreas. COVID-19 has taken a tremendous toll on those living in long-term care homes, assisted living facilities, and group homes. And many of those who reside in these areas are people with disabilities who are disproportionately impacted by the virus. Now, a research team at Thompson Rivers University is working with Arch Disability Law Center to understand COVID-19 barriers to justice for those living with disabilities in these congregate care settings. Associate Professor of Law at TRU, Dr. Ruby Dond, is among those on this research team, and she joins me now on the line. Dr. Dond, how are you today? I'm great. Thank you so much for this opportunity. Yeah, well, thank you so much for taking the time to speak to me. Always appreciate having you on. I think this is our second time chatting on this show, so we're uh, really happy to have you back. Um, I guess I'll just start by asking you sort of what uh, are the, dis, uh, the, the issues when it comes to access to justice? What exactly is sort of the main criteria that you're looking at here that, um, you know, has, has obviously sparked something to say there's an issue here that needs to be uh, understood a little bit better? Yes. Well, we have seen, our research has shown that as the COVID-19 pandemic has evolved, it's become clear that people with disabilities, specifically living in congregate care settings, and that includes long-term care, group homes, and hospitals, have experienced multiple barriers to accessing justice. So we see that kind of through the barriers that they've experienced because of the visitor bans, the lockdowns, the reduction in regular services that people with disabilities regularly depend on. We also see it through, it's been compounded by a lack of communication devices, a denial of community supports. And you can kind of see also within the media and the research that the voices of people with disabilities haven't been prioritized in the pandemic response plans, and it appears that their voices have really been silenced. So the hope is that this research will really prevent new outbreaks and also kind of compile and contribute to more equitable disability-informed policy and law reform recommendations to address some of these barriers during the pandemic. Okay. Now, what are some of, I guess, the legal issues that could be at play here? Like, when we're talking about access to justice, there has to be a reason why people would would need that access, right? So what are some of the issues that we might be dealing with that that those who are finding themselves in these assisted living centers, in these congregate care settings, might have? What are some of the issues they might be dealing with? Absolutely. Thank you for that. So our plan is to work with Arch Disability Law Centre, as you had mentioned, which is a specialty legal clinic. They're based in Ontario, and they're kind of one of the recognized leaders in disability rights advocacy. So they've been advocating quite a bit, and our research is going to also contribute to their advocacy efforts. They've been advocating to amend some of the triage policies, which have been implemented within hospitals, which has left people with disabilities at the lowest priority, for instance, for access to care during the pandemic. So this includes access to care um, in terms of the rationing of ventilators and intensive care treatment. Again, disproportionately deprioritizing people with disabilities because the rationing has occurred based on what somebody's future health will be. So we have found in our research that people with disabilities have been discriminated disproportionately as a result of that. 
Also, the visitor restrictions, even though they're meant to prevent against transmission risks, have had a disproportionate impact on people with disabilities, especially residents who require support persons to interpret or communicate with staff. And as a result, there has been a failure to provide disability supports and services, which has resulted in multiple deaths amongst people with disabilities. And all of those combined are legal issues that we would want to address both looking at the case law, looking at the litigation that's taken place, and also really hearing the stories of people with disabilities and what their lived experience has been. Now, I guess when you're kind of going through that process and doing research and and looking at, uh, you know, who might be held accountable when you're talking about these issues, I mean, is this... It, it, maybe there's a number of players at play when we're talking about you know private care homes and when we're talking about public care homes. Obviously, we're looking at um, the provincial bodies that are in charge of these facilities. Uh, you know, there's a, probably a lot that goes into finding out who should be held accountable when we're talking about some of these concerns that you know you have just brought up. Absolutely, and that's a great question. So. There, there are multiple different stakeholders that are involved, as we know, including administrators, policymakers, lawmakers, and so on. And that's kind of one of the purposes of this research is it is a multidisciplinary research project that we're doing. So my co-applicant and investigator is Dr. Depesh Prima, who's in the Department of Chemistry and is really also going to look at a scientific lens and apply that lens to investigate also why congregate care settings like the ones that I mentioned have a higher transmission risk and what are the safety and risk analyses and policies at play. So our hope is that we can use multidisciplinary research to really reach a number of different multidisciplinary stakeholders Mm -hmm. because as we know, this issue involves both law and science and multiple other areas and there are going to be many different Um, people that we want to ensure are aware of these issues and also that we can contribute in a way that it can change policy and law reform in various ways, also post-pandemic. How long has a research project like this kind of been on on your mind? I mean, obviously, we've been dealing with this pandemic for getting close to a year now, right? The first case identified in Canada was is more than a year ago now at this point. So uh, I'm just curious, sort of, at what point you started realizing people who are in these congregate care settings definitely have some uh, concern when it comes to access to justice, but then also to kind of, you know, bring in other facets as well. You talk about bringing the science industry in, into this as well. Uh, you know, how long has this kind of been in the works and this sort of concoction been been brewing here? That's a great question. So we, uh, Dr. Prima and I have been kind of compiling and researching this area um, since the pandemic began. Um, both he and I do work on issues of disability rights from a multidisciplinary perspective. And however, the grant, um, we just kind of heard at the start of uh, no, January that we were successful with this particular grant. So we're very happy to hear that. Um, and we do have our research assistants who are actively now working on the project. Uh, but we have been in touch and have been collaborating with an, with ARCH, as we mentioned, the community-based organization. And we also have another project on the go by the Law Foundation of BC, which is also looking at the impact that the pandemic has on people with mental health and substance use issues. And that is going to be in conjunction with a number of different community-based organizations here in British Columbia. So this research is kind of 
an ongoing part of our research program. Um, and we are very, very excited and passionate about it and very happy to hear that there is a lot of support by government funding and so on, and also by the community-based organizations to work with us and collaborate with us. Now, you mentioned uh, two separate grants there, right? There's the one from the Social Sciences and Humanities Research Council, the search grant, and then there's also one from the Law Foundation of BC. And they kind of have a little bit of, um, you know, separate um, avenues that they're kind of going down, right? But at the same point in time, they also kind of intertwine as well. I was just wondering if you can maybe kind of describe or explain how, how there's two different grants at play here, but they're also working together. Yeah, so there are two distinct research projects, but they do both involve access to justice issues for vulnerable populations who are living in congregate care settings during the pandemic. So the Law Foundation of BC has generously supported us with a grant around increasing access to justice for people with mental health and substance use issues in BC's mental health facilities, prisons, and detention centers. So that particular grant is looking at the disproportionate impact and adverse effect on those individuals with mental health and substance use issues who are detained in mental health facilities, hospitals, prisons, and detention centers. And we have a number of different interesting collaborations that we've been doing um, with Health Justice BC, with West Coast Prison Justice Society based in Vancouver, with the Kamloops and District Elizabeth Fry Society here, and also uh, with some psychiatrists at Hillside Psychiatric Center here in Kamloops. Um, I guess, Ruby, well, before I let you go here, just sort of what is the timeline here? Obviously, you just mentioned that kind of at the start of this month is when you got word that you were um, uh, successful in getting these grant applications through. Uh, so what is sort of your timeline for when you're hoping to maybe have uh, some kind of a report or, or some way we can sort of look at the research that was done and see what the findings were? Do you have a timeline in place or any thoughts to, to what that looks like at this point? Yes, thank you for that. Um, the grants themselves are approximately for... Uh, a year to two years. So we're going to have kind of um, a staged uh, results dissemination plan. So we are going to be hopeful that we can do some kind of more rapid research in the next year. And then our qualitative research is going to be highlighted um, kind of forthcoming as throughout that plan. So uh, it's kind of more of a staged plan, but we do have approximately one to two years to finish everything so we are very busy <laughs> yeah this is this is interesting stuff ruby thank you so much for the time really appreciate you coming on the program and, and discussing what you guys are up to um you know you're up to a lot of good stuff here at tru and i'm really happy to to get to lo the lowdown here on what you and your team are up to here in, in regards to this particular issue so thanks so much for the time really appreciate this um and uh, have a great weekend Thank you so much. Same to you. We really appreciate your time. That was Dr. Ruby John, Associate Professor of Law at Thompson Rivers University, speaking to a new research project that will be digging into how COVID-19 has impacted access to justice for those living with disabilities in these congregate care settings. Those are, you know, long-term care homes, assisted living centers, you know, anywhere where there might have been an impact on how they can go about accessing justice. And it's interesting, you know, when she talked about some of the things that you know, are actually of legal concern.
uh, you know, the ability to access care with the lack of visitors that were allowed into homes or that have been allowed into homes over the course of the COVID-19 pandemic. So interesting stuff, and it will definitely be good to follow up with uh, Dr. Don down the road uh, to see where this research is going. The research team includes Dr. Depeche Primo with TRU's chemistry department, as well as Dr. Tess Sheldon, who is with the Faculty of Law at the University of Windsor.